Welcome to Tales from the Office. It's been a while since we last had a show. Summer got in the way, but we are back with more of the tales that you enjoyed as I share some of my observations and experience from my psychotherapy office. If you are new to the show, welcome. My name is Jeff Brandler. Today's show is a combination of two of my loves, music and sports. The first tale is entitled Make the Best of What's Around, and it tells us about some very courageous folks who seem to know how to get by and get ahead in spite of major obstacles. The second tale, The Daily Racing Form, is sage advice if you're looking to get to the winner's circle in the most important race you'll ever run. Survivors. We hear the word every day. So-and-so survived a car crash, a plane crash, a fire, or other natural disaster. We see it on television with the title of the bad reality show, bringing this word more and more to our conscious mind. What is a survivor? What do they do? What do they look like? How do they survive? Is there a price to pay for being a survivor? These are all the questions we will cover today. Here are some definitions of the word survivor. To remain alive or in existence. To carry on despite hardships or trauma. Persevere. Or to remain stable or usable. A survivor survives the very pain that is in front of them. They get the job done. They don't necessarily do it gracefully or with finesse. They use all of their abilities, talents, internal and external resources to persevere. Many of my clients are survivors. They look like you and me. They don't have a name tag that says survivor on them. They have a certain quality of external toughness and internal vulnerability. Of course, there are only a small handful of people who know their vulnerability only because a survivor has developed some trust in them. The rest of the world sees their toughness and strength. Some of them can handle or have handled anything. Their talents are amazing. I remember years ago working with low-income families who told me that in five-week months, like October, they usually run out of food in the last week of the month because their food stamps ran out and they didn't have any money. They said, it's okay, we just work with it. They made the best of what's around. I usually marvel at the amounts of pain and usually trauma that survivors have endured. Some of them have paid a tremendous price for the pain. Mental illness such as depression or bipolar disorder. Lots and lots of pain kept inside. They have anxiety disorders of all types, including panic or obsessive-compulsive because they are feeling desperately out of control and need something to control quick. Due to primitive coping at an early age, personality disorders such as borderline, narcissistic, or antisocial occur. Addictions are most common in survivors because there needs to be some way to numb the pain, something that allows them to become comfortably numb. The most fascinating thing about survivors that I've seen is that these disorders, depression, anxiety, addiction, are just other things my client is going to beat. They are lacking the healthy tools to handle these issues, but have some knowledge or insight that these disorders are related to the pain. They come to therapy to fix the pain and to deal with the resulting disorders. They are looking to go from survivors to thrivers, but they haven't had a clue how to do that. The most interesting definition of the ones I listed earlier is the third one on the list, to remain functional or usable. Functional is an interesting word, but speaks to how a person is going to get through the problem 
issue, or situation and stay relatively intact. Some survivors make the best of what's around through some mechanism of knowing just how to maneuver people or situations in order to keep themselves afloat. They may use some amazing resources that many of us do not have. For example, many women that I've worked with have given up sex willingly in order to have places to live. For them, the sex was meaningless. The place was a necessity. It was an easy trade. In their minds, it was not a guilt or shame-ridden decision. It was an exchange of commodities. I need housing. He wants sex. Next topic, please. Now, I'm not condoning this as a healthy practice, nor one that anyone would want on their greatest hits album. However, survivors will do what they need to do in order to survive. Once they are back on stable ground, they'll start therapy in order to examine the issues as well as their feelings about the price they paid for survival. Making the best of what's around should be the survivor's theme music because it's what they do best. Welcome back to Tales from the Office. It was Dave Matthews making the best of what's around. One of those songs that stays in your head all day. Now for music to sports. Horse racing, the sport of kings. 
a sport that millions watch, particularly the three major races of the year, the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont. Two minutes of breathtaking excitement, watching horses go round the track to see which one is the fastest. However, before the race is run, we need to analyze the race. How do we know which horse is better? Who are their parents? How do they race under certain conditions? And what are their past performances since they began racing? In order to have this information, we need a publication known as the Daily Racing Form. The Daily Racing Form is a newspaper that is printed daily, which allows the reader to look at every horse that is racing that day. It gives expert opinion as to why this horse will win on a money track or why this horse's workouts have been special. Now you may be asking, why are we discussing the merits of horse racing analysis on a podcast about psychology and psychotherapy? Great question. Here's the answer. The daily racing form is a great metaphor for people seeking out healthy relationships. In order to know about your prospective partner, you need to do some analysis about them, their families, their traits, their habits, their likes and dislikes, and their past relationship performances. I am always amazed by my clients who come in shock to find out some disturbing or frustrating thing about their partners. They will say, I had no idea he was so angry, or that she drank so much, or that he had no personality. When probing about their, sh their shock, it's as if they never examined the person's behavior, attitude, or values. They took their partner's behavior at face value and either denied their unsettling behaviors or hoped that the behaviors would get better. Their naivete about their partner's behavior then becomes an opportunity for their own self-loathing. How could I have been so stupid to not see this? When my client comes into the office, we begin to examine the self-loathing question, but in a very different way. What stopped you from seeing your partner's behavior? This inevitably leads to a lengthy discussion about something very rich and important about my client. In addition, we will start to ask those daily racing form questions about the partner. What are their parents, siblings, and other relatives like? What did your family, friends, co-workers say about your partner while you were dating? Were there signs that your partner would do this behavior once married? In addition, we may explore other relationships my client has had to see if there's a trend. Our daily racing form model provides us with information about the types of people my client is likely to have a relationship with, and based upon past performances, the likely outcomes of these relationships. The daily racing form is a specific and unique publication that you can find on the newsstands. It tells you everything about the race you're about to watch. And more importantly, if you want to end up in the winner's circle with a relationship, you need to do the pre-race research in order to pick a winner. On today's show, we focus in on survivors and relationships. And not surprisingly, survivors generally don't make the best choices in their relationships because they don't know that the daily racing form exists. It's my hope that people will do their pre-race research on relationships before they commit to them. This allows people to continue to be healthy and not lose parts of themselves in the process. If you have questions or comments or even suggestions about today's show, there are many ways to contact me via email, jeffbrandler at gmail.com, Facebook, 
www.facebook.com slash change possible at Twitter at Jeff Brandler. Social media is just that. It's social. Make it interactive and our experiences will only get better. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Tales from the Office. For more information on the next show, go to www.changeispossible.org. Thanks again. From the Tales from the Office studios, I'm Jeff Brandler.